Hey everyone, welcome to Rock Bridge. We're so excited that you have joined us to worship. My name is Zach. I'm on our team here. It is just an honor to be here with you uh, wherever you are watching from, however you are watching. I'm so excited to wrap up uh, the series we've been in this Christmas called A Simple Christmas. We've had some amazing messages, and I know for me and at my home, we've just really been talking and reflecting on and praying about and just really thinking about this incredible Christmas story. And as I've heard the messages here at our worship services, and I've just been thinking about Jesus and this incredible journey he started at Christmas, there's a phrase that came to my mind, and I just haven't been able to really get it out of my mind, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. It's this Anyone, anytime, anywhere. As I was thinking about uh, just how amazing the, the acts are at Christmas and all that happened, I just kept thinking of this anyone, anytime, anywhere. And we can really look at the Christmas story and kind of break this down and kind of unpack it a little bit more. If you think about it, God worked, Cam worked through anyone. He, he started with Zechariah and Elizabeth. You know, and, and he led them to have uh, John the Baptist, a baby that was born. And that's just incredible. And Zechariah was really important. He was a high priest. He was leading. And then you have Mary and Joseph who were just like these nobodies from this nobody town that God decided, hey, I'm going to work through you. You're going to be the mother of the Savior of the world. That's just incredible to think about. God appeared to the shepherds, just this group of people, this group of unlikely, unexpected people. At, at just an unexpected time as well, with, with Zechariah and Elizabeth, they were old. They'd been wanting a child so bad, but they were barren, and they had been praying with Mary and Joseph. They were too young. They were in the middle of engagement. Not exactly the, the perfect time to get pregnant in the middle of engagement. That's supposed to come post-engagement, post-marriage, right? But God had different plans. And with the shepherds, I mean, he visits them through the angels' message in the middle of the night while they're at work. And you just see God appearing to these unexpected, random people in unexpected ways and in unexpected places. Right in the middle of Zechariah's in the temple and God reveals himself to him. Mary and Joseph in a small town that no one really thinks about, knows about, uh, really cares about the shepherds in the middle of a field. And I love this. I love how God just appears and shows up. In these random, maybe not so random places, in, in this incredible ways and works. And we could say this as we think about the Christmas story and as we continue to unpack this today that God can work through anyone, anytime, anywhere. And I know what you're thinking. And, and this is what I start to think I said, No, not me. No, not now. No, not here. Or, or I know for me, I have a tendency to say God works in certain people, maybe at certain times and certain places, but not necessarily in this. And I have a word for that tendency. And, and it's, I have a tendency to compartmentalize God. I have this tendency. I don't know if you do. I, maybe you probably do. But I just I have a tendency to kind of put God, say God works here. God works through this. God works in these type of ways, but maybe not these type of ways. I do this with people. God only works through preachers, teachers, religious people, professional people, people with experience, right? 
God only works at certain times, mostly, mainly at church, mostly and mainly at small group. God only works in certain places, in the four walls you're in or wherever you worship, or he only works in certain buildings, but not necessarily at work. That's where I work. That's not necessarily where God works. Not necessarily in the middle of dinner, in the middle of conversation. Not necessarily on the way to work. Not, not necessarily on the way where you drop your kids off, right? Not with that person. I just have this tendency, and maybe you do too, to just kind of separate God working in my life. And not only my life, and others in the world around me. So man, God only works through certain types of people. God only works really at certain times. God only really works in certain places. And here's my question for us today. If you can relate to this type of thinking, if you can relate to me, because I have this tendency, and the question is this. What if my compartmentalizing God is causing me to miss God working in my life. What if my compartmentalizing God is causing me to miss God working in my life? And that's the question I want to really think about today with you. That's what I want our conversation to be about today. Whoever you are, no matter where you're from, what you've done, could this be true of your life? And what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of continue from the Christmas story into one of Jesus' early interactions with a man named Nicodemus. It's an incredible moment. It's an incredible story. And I think it helps us unpack this question right here and maybe see that what if there's a different way to approach God, to live our lives, than putting God in certain categories with certain people, certain times, and certain places. So we're going to jump into a story in John chapter 3 with Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. It says, there was a man from the Pharisees, teachers, leaders, the certain people, right, the certain people that God works through, named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, the right type of people. <laughs> this man came to him at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one can perform these signs you do unless God were with him. Now notice who Nicodemus is, ruler of the Jews, someone who was the right type of person, the certain type of person. He was a teacher. He was a leader. But notice when he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night. I just think that's really really interesting. Why not in the middle of the day? Why not when other people are around? Do you think Nicodemus had some questions he was maybe a little bit embarrassed about, maybe a little bit confused about, maybe just didn't want other people to see Jesus? And I just think it's really interesting that Jesus doesn't like push him away and say, why don't you speak up and why don't you ask these questions when everyone else can hear and when everyone else is around? But it's like Jesus is like, hey, anyone, anytime, anywhere even in the middle of the night. And he starts to engage and interact with him. I just think that's really neat to see with Jesus in this moment. 
And we see Nicodemus make this claim, make this phrase. Hey, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. In other words, Jesus, you're doing some incredible things, some miraculous things. You're saying some powerful things. And we get it. We get that God in some way is a part of this and that you are a teacher, that God speaks through you. In other words, Nicodemus is like, hey, we understand it. But what's interesting is he's saying all this in the middle of the night so no one else can hear. And so we can assume something about that, that maybe there was a little bit of pride in Nicodemus in this phrase, like, hey, we know what you're doing. And it's almost like he's starting to say, hey, we get it. Could you calm down a little bit? We understand. Hey, we get it. We get it. You're a good person. You're a teacher. And I think Jesus, by the way, he responds that we're going to look at is about to help Nicodemus understand it. I don't think you do. Maybe you've compartmentalized me, Nicodemus, into just a teacher. But I'm more than just a teacher. And Jesus says some incredible phrases here that we're going to look at together. Truly I tell you, Nicodemus, unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus says, how can anyone be born when he is old? And Nicodemus asks him, can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? In other words, Jesus does this a lot in the Bible. And if you get into it and you read it, you'll see that he does this all the time. He takes something, born again, this thing that we can relate to, that we can connect to. We understand what it's like for a child to be born, for there not to be a child, and then for it to grow up in his mother's womb, and then to be born. Like this new thing that happens, and that's what... Uh, Jesus is showing Nicodemus that like, hey, for you to see, remember how Nicodemus said, hey, we get it. We understand. We know what you're doing. And Jesus is like, hey, for you to see what I'm doing, for you to see the kingdom of God, something new is going to happen in you first. But obviously Nicodemus doesn't get it, right? And he asked this kind of crazy question. He's thinking very literal while Jesus is speaking in a spiritual manner. He says, how can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? And Jesus continues and says, truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water and the Spirit. So he repeats his phrase. He stays focused on this idea of being born again, something new happening in you. But he introduces a couple of new words, water and the Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he goes from, hey, you can't really see God's kingdom and what God is doing, and you can't really enter. You can't necessarily be a part of it, Nicodemus, even though you think you are, until you're born of water and the Spirit. Whatever is born, there's that phrase again of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Now, to help us understand what Jesus is getting at with this idea of something new happening in you, and how he introduces these other words like water and the spirit. Let's pause here for a moment because we need to understand this was Jesus was talking to a Jew who had a history of being in the nation of Israel, which was the chosen nation of God. And in the Old Testament, these were God's people who God was working through and who God had promised, hey, as long as you follow me, as long as you obey my statutes, I will bless you and I will be your God and I will shine through. You will be a nation, a light to all other nations. But what happens in the Old Testament is that God's people stop obeying, stop following his teachings. 
They start following their own teachings. And because of this, God allows them to be conquered as a nation by other nations. It's a word we call exiled. That's what happens in the Old Testament. And Nicodemus, they're currently kind of experiencing this. At this time, Rome is ruling them. So he gets that. And he should have thought about back when Israel in the Old Testament was overtaken and conquered and God's people were crying out, Lord, what, what's going on? Lord, how is this happening? In other words, maybe the people in the Old Testament had started compartmentalizing God, saying, hey, God, we'll, we'll follow your teachings in the temple. We'll follow your teaching at the service. But in our normal day lives, in our everyday lives, in our relationships and at home, maybe we're going to start living the way that we want. And it got them as a nation overtaken. And God removed his blessing from them. But in that, God had mercy and he raised up prophets. And through these prophets, he spoke about promises and spoke about how he would do a future act through a future someone, through someone unique, through someone special. And what he's going to do through this future someone, even though your, your, your circumstances, the certain place you're in, the certain time you're in, the certain people you're dealing with, it feels like if you, if you, if you let it, you can compartmentalize God to saying God's abandoned us, but God makes them a promise for the future that one will come and he'll do something incredible and do something amazing. He'll do something new. And you'll experience that. And this promise happens in the book of Ezekiel, who is a prophet who God was speaking through. And he talks about what he's going to do. And so we're going to journey back into Ezekiel and see this promise that Nicodemus should have heard and his ears should have like sparked up. It's like, wait, Jesus, are you saying this is happening right now? But he was missing it. And this is what Jesus says was happening. God promises us in that future time, on that future day, through that future person, I will also sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. And he says, I will cleanse you from all your impurities and all your idols. All the things that keep you from my presence, that draw you away, that tempt you. All these things that have gotten you into this situation where you've been judged and I've removed my favor from you as a nation. All of these things that lead you to compartmentalize me where we exalt certain things and purities and certain idols and we focus on certain things in our life and we kind of push God to the corner and put him in a drawer and say, God, you can work in certain places in certain times in certain through certain people, but not right here. Like this is my area, God. They set that as a nation, all the things that cause that, God's saying, hey, in the future, that one day through this one incredible act, I'm going to cleanse you from all those things and give you a new heart and a new spirit. Man, what J Jesus was saying in John 3 is kind of starting to make a little sense. He says, I will remove your heart of stone. When I hear that phrase, I just think, man, sometimes I, I'm just so hard-hearted. I want control or, or I want to be in charge or, or I don't necessarily just want to listen to God. It's almost like my heart's just hard. It's like a heart of stone. I just don't want to listen. Maybe you know what that's like where you get into those places sometimes and you just don't want to listen. You want to do things your way. And you take people's advice, compartmentally put it somewhere else. Say, hey, this is my area. This is what I want. That's what I think about when I think of that heart of stone. He says, I'm going to take that away and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh. I'm going to do something new 
in you and I will place my spirit within you and cause you to follow my statutes and carefully observe my ordinances. In other words, those things that caused you to, that pulled you away from following me and observing or living for or living out my teachings, I'm going to do something inside you in your heart that changes that, that empowers you to follow, to see, to enter, to observe my ordinance and my teachings, my words. Nicodemus should have went back to this beautiful promise and this beautiful phrase and be like, wait, Jesus, is this this happening now? Because this promise was made in Ezekiel. Are you saying that that when you talk about being born again of water and the spirit, that that something's going to cleanse us like Ezekiel talked about and there's going to be a spirit put inside of us and give us a new heart? Is that happening now? Nicodemus was a leader, was a teacher, and he should have saw that this is what Jesus was talking about, but he missed it. Because God spoke through certain people. High priest, right? Not random guys from random towns. God spoke at certain times, right? In the service, in the temple. God spoke in certain places. Not randomly at night. See how easy it is to compartmentalize, to to put God in a corner? That's where Nicodemus is at. He's missing it. He's missing this beautiful moment, this Christmas moment that we've already talked about, where God's about to had already done something incredible and sent the Savior that's going to do this new thing and give us a new heart where we are born of his spirit. We are made new, that we have these new desires, this new faith, this new heart in us. And this is what God's about to do. And Nicodemus is missing it. And Jesus says, don't be amazed. In other words, you can't figure this out on your own. Remember, whatever is born of the flesh, like God doesn't work the way the world works. God works through his own ways, through his spirit. You're not going to figure this out. Remember, Ezekiel, with that heart of stone, something in you's got to change. Something in you's got to happen. So don't be amazed that I told you that something new's got to happen in you. The wind blows where it pleases And you hear it sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. In other words, he's saying, hey, God is about to move. God is moving in a new way, in a powerful way. What Ezekiel talked about, about to do something new in us where he cleanses us, where where, where all the things that pull us away from God are removed and God gives us a new heart and through his spirit helps us and empowers us to follow him, that, that God is doing that. But it may not be the way you expect or in a way that you can understand. You can't figure this out, Nicodemus. There's no problem. There's no formula that's going to help you understand this more. Actually, Nicodemus, the way that God's about to work is kind of the way the wind works. Think about this. The Spirit of God working in the world is going to be like the wind. Invisible, (laughs) surprising, and unexpected. Man, I just think of the Christmas story in this moment and in this moment with Jesus, not according to the flesh or how the world thinks or works. Hey, don't be amazed. Don't don't get caught up. 
the way that the Spirit of God, that, that what He's about to do, the work that God is about to do, that Jesus is about to do, it's going to change everything. And it's going to change how God works. And it's going to be surprising. Pablo did a great job last week of just talking about how we can see this through the Christmas story. Sometimes you're not always going to understand it or know where it comes from, that God's going to start working in a new way, in a powerful way, but not necessarily in a way that we can always understand and comprehend. And Jesus, if he hadn't already said enough, gets to this incredible, powerful, wonderful, eye-opening, world-changing statement. Says Nicodemus, for God loved the world in this way. Not just the Jews anymore. Not just Israel anymore, Nicodemus, that what God is about to do through his spirit in people, it's not going to be for one specific race, but for every race, people who come and speak from any language that live anywhere in the world because he gave his one and only son so that everyone, anyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Anyone. At any time, anywhere, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you have compartmental. You think that God is only going to bless the Jews and it's only going to be Israel that God is going to work through and speak through and move through. But I'm here to tell you, Nicodemus, that God's spirit like the wind is about to do something new and incredible. And it's not just going to be through you. It's going to be through the entire world. Anyone, anytime, anywhere. Nicodemus, just like Ezekiel 36 promised, God's about to do something new through his spirit. And you can miss it if you have a tendency to think that God only works through certain people in certain times in certain places. You could summarize it like this. The spirit of God works in people's lives through the gospel of Jesus. That's where we landed in John 3, 16, this incredible news, this incredible message about the cross and the resurrection where just like Ezekiel 36 talked about where, we, where through the cross and through Jesus' blood, kind of like water, it cleanses us, it purifies through our faith in Jesus and what he's done on the cross and through the resurrection. We are cleansed from our sins and we have found forgiveness through Jesus and then Jesus, like he starts the early church where he fills them with his spirit, just like what Ezekiel 36 promises, he empowers us to follow Jesus' teachings. This is the good news. This is the gospel. And this is what Jesus is sharing with Nicodemus. And it's for anyone, anywhere at any time. But Nicodemus is missing it. And my hope and prayer today is we don't miss the power of this, that the Spirit of God is going to work in people you don't expect. At times you don't expect, in places you don't expect, because the gospel is that powerful. It's that powerful. This message about Jesus. This message where we talk about the cross and the resurrection and what it's done for us and how now he wants to fill us with his spirit so that he can empower us. And just like Ezekiel 36, so that we can understand him 
and follow him. Like Jesus says here in John 3, so that we can see God's kingdom in the world, so that we can enter it and be a part of it. This all happens when we put our faith in Jesus, when we hear this message and we respond to it because God so loved the world that whoever believes in him can have everlasting life. So here's a question for us today. Are you ready for God to work in your life? Are you ready? Are you ready for God to work in your life? Here's what we've learned through this story, that a compartmentalized faith, certain people, certain times, certain places, keeps us from being ready for God when he works in our lives. When we say, hey, it's only this type of people that God works in. It's only at these certain times that God works. It's only in these certain places and these certain buildings and these certain services. And we miss the whole story of Christmas that shows us that this God works through anyone at any time, anywhere. And like Jesus is trying to teach Nicodemus, you can't put a category on the type of people that God wants to use because he'll use people you never expected him to. Sometimes God will work at times you didn't, weren't ready for him to work. In places where you never expected God to work. That's the danger of taking God and trying to fit him in a box. Because the Spirit of God can work through the gospel in anyone, anytime, anywhere, we can live with a what-if God, faith. I love this phrase. And it changed my life. Like I remember uh, working at Red Lobster and I was like just new in my faith and I was serving tables. And I remember I would go to work and I just had this idea. Like I started to read John 3 and after I read John 3 and I saw the amazing, uh, the gospel there with John three sixteen, And I started to see, man, God's ready to work through anyone at any time, anywhere, like at any place. Like I was like, man, God, what if God wants to work through me here at Red Lobster while I'm serving tables and tell other servers about him? And I remember I'd go in these moments, I'd be sweating and I'd be nervous. I'd be rolling silverware in the back. And I was just like, God, what if God wants to speak to me right now? And I'd be, be beside other servers and I'd be like, God, just give me the right words to say, Lord. And I started to compartmentalize that person. I was like, but Lord, they would never listen to this. They would never believe in you at work in the middle. This isn't the right time. Like we just ended a shift in the middle of a restaurant in the back. This isn't the right place. This isn't church. But John 3 just opened my eyes. And I would step into these moments where I was like, hey, what if God speaks? <laughs> like, like, what if God works in this moment? Like, I don't want to miss that. So I would fumble through bringing up Jesus and bringing up church and asking questions. And man, how God would move and speak and blow my mind all the unexpected moments and the unexpected people that I'd written off that I'd put in a category these are the these these are the type of people that don't go to church we're starting to be open to having conversations with me this is not the right time we got 30 minutes before our shift this is not the time but they were open this is not the place this isn't in the church building where I'm used to talking about God only God was working. 
And he, he just gave me this what if God type of faith. So I guess I'll end with this question for you. What if God wants to work in or through your anyone, your anytime, and your anywhere right now? We all have maybe someone that we would put in a category of they're this type of certain person. God can't work. Maybe we're putting ourselves in that category. Because, man, maybe you've done something that you're like, God would never forgive this. Hey, you can remember Ezekiel 36. There's nothing that you've done. And you're not so far gone. There's no label that you put on yourself that God won't remove and change to son or daughter of God. If you surrender your life, put your faith in Jesus and believe that through the cross, through the resurrection, that he has made a way for your sins to be given through your faith in him and that he is willing to fill you with his spirit so that you can live a new life. He is ready to work in your life. If that's you, or maybe that's someone around you that you've said, no, God couldn't work in their life. Hey, anyone, maybe this just isn't the best timing for you. Maybe this is exactly where God wants you to be. Maybe you never thought you'd be here in this moment. Maybe you've never thought about God speaking through you to someone at work right after a meeting, right after a shift, right before a shift, at family dinners, while you're dropping your kids off to their next soccer game. Maybe you've never thought that, hey, this five minutes, that's all it takes is a couple of minutes of this. Maybe God wants to work here. Are you missing those moments? Because I want to encourage you and invite you. God's ready to work in and through anyone, anytime, anywhere. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for how good you are. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for John 3. Thank you that you are willing, you are ready to work in anyone at any time anywhere. And the question for us is, are we ready for you to work in our lives? So whatever step we need to take, Lord, whether that's following you for the first time and saying yes to you for the first time, maybe that's coming back to you. Maybe that's turning away from a habit where we've just taken an area of our life and we've just said, God can't work here. We, we've maybe compartmentalized you to, to only speaking to us and only using us or only using certain types of people, certain places and certain times. Lord, maybe it's just turning away and repenting and asking for forgiveness for doing that and saying, God, we want to be open to you doing something new in us. Whatever step you're leading us to take, Lord, just thank you that you're working in our lives. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.